0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Today, we are speaking with Anna Lumberg, all the way from the UK. I'm excited for this conversation. Anna is a business mentor and life coach, author of Outside of the 9 to 5, which I just love, and podcast host, mom of two, and here to help you reimagine what success looks like and feels like. Anna, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I was just sharing that you know, we spoke quite a long time ago, so I'm really excited, and I guess that's what happens in life. Life flies by, and before you know it, uh, the time is here. So really glad to be with
0: you today. Well, we are so honored to have you. and like I mentioned, Anna earlier, I love what you do around the word success. I am a success to you. That's part of you know part of my deal and After listening to you, I just had to get you to cover this because we're still early in the year. People have an opportunity to wrap around the word success in a good way, and you're going to help us do that. But before we get into it, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, thank you. Where to start? I loved your little intro. And, and it's funny to still hear the the mum of two, you know, it feels like quite a new mantle still. It's a big identity shift for me. I think I was single and I suppose carefree for a long time. So it's still quite new. But you, of course, really take it to heart. And that's really shifted things for me. And um, But yes, as you can hear, I'm in the UK. I grew up here. I'm on the sunny south coast now. So we moved to be close to the ocean a couple of years ago but I'm actually Swedish. My parents are both Swedish, so we speak Swedish at home. Went through the English education system, studied at Oxford, worked at uh, Procter & Gamble, so big American multinational company, and quit, in fact, 10 years ago. So I quit my corporate marketing job in 2013. And since then, I've been on this path where I've actually opened my eyes to Asking these questions that we're talking about today to understanding the answers for myself, and then hopefully guiding others on doing that too. From a personal perspective, as we said, you know, I am now a mum of two. I've got Sophia, who's almost four, and Zach, who's two, and uh, and yeah, we're we're building our house here. We're living in. That's why I've blurred here. If you're watching the video, we're living in a bit of a temporary setup. Um, But, you know, that is life. So life is a bit messy at times. But but that's a little bit about me. Yes. So, again, really happy to be
0: digging into these uh, questions with you today. You mentioned Zach. I have a grandson, Zach. So now we have something else in common.
1: How lovely. For me, it was a very random name. I found it difficult to choose a boy's name, but I love it. It suits him. We call him Zachy now that he's little, but I'm sure he'll be a cool dude, Zach, when he's older. He'll grow into it.
0: I'm sure he will. Now, Anna. When it comes to the word success, there are so many definitions. Uh, As we go through these questions, I know that you're going to delve into the, the various parts of success. But what is success to you?
1: I love the question. And I always feel there's a bit of pressure because I tell everybody you need to define what success is. I feel like I need to have the the perfect guru answer. But I, I'm going to cop out a little bit by saying it's individual to you. That's the whole point. Right. And it can be quite simple. So for me, in the business context, I talk a lot about freedom, flexibility and fulfillment. And that's really important to me. So freedom in terms of the work I do, how I do it, the people I work with, flexibility. Flexible working was really important to me previously because I wanted to be able to travel and work from anywhere. Now, of course, with the children, it's really powerful to be able to work from home when needed. As we speak, my kids aren't at school yet, but there's actually a teacher's strike at the moment. So my colleagues who have children at school, you know, are enjoying the flexibility of surprisingly having their kids at home. Those are the kinds of things that life throws at us. And then fulfillment. I I, and other parents still want to do really fulfilling work and um, there is an extra F I think which is probably financial security financial freedom which I I don't want to underestimate but I think generally we focus too much on that piece So for me it's the freedom flexibility and fulfillment fulfillment and then from a more personal perspective more recently I realized it's really just being present. so wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I want to be there fully. I don't want, especially now, and apologies for the references to being a parent, but obviously it's top of mind for me. But I don't want to be doing work while my kids are here and doing a bad job at work and also being distracted from my children. So if I know I've got a day with the children, I want to be with them. If I'm here with you, I've chosen to be here. I want to be here. I'm going to be present with you. So that's my big I guess, very big picture, but also very micro focus of success, I never want to feel I'm in the wrong place. And I never want to feel like I'd rather be somewhere else. So as long as I'm in a place where I'm happy now, and I'm present with the person with the setting I'm I'm in, I think that for me is is quite an important definition of success.
0: Important, indeed, you know, as you're mentioning these different uh, scenarios, I I'm quickly reminded of my wife's uh, (laughs) begging of, hey, are you listening to me? (laughs) You know, to put down these devices that so tie us to the events that are going on in the world. Before, it was a dedicated time to watch the telly, and you would get your news at a certain time, but now you get them instantly. And so we are so driven to distraction And I love that you bring the point of being present. That is, if anything, going to be a great success point in your family as you're growing with your children, husband, spouse, however you you would have it. But being present is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Now, you also mentioned fulfillment. And I love how you mentioned fulfillment. I've seen this come up in your different Uh, areas where you speak and you write. And purpose fulfillment is something that a lot of people have put on the side burner for the sake of what you mentioned earlier, the professional side. So how is success tied to purpose?
1: It's a great question. And when we talk about fulfillment and meaning and purpose, one of the first books I read when I first started exploring this area was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he was a Holocaust survivor and he did lots of research and found that actually it's meaning that drives us, that gives us that purpose in life. It's not happiness. Happiness, yes, we all want to be happy, but it is having that to live for the big why I suppose as Simon Sinek would say for me when I googled the definition of success of course you see fame fortune and all that you know the wealth and social status which you would expect but number two (laughs) is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose so actually success is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose which means success is your purpose but it means you have to you need to identify what your aim or purpose is so it's exciting and again in fact Viktor Frankl says something similar that don't ask what the meaning of life is ask what your meaning is so really in in simple terms success is accomplishing the goals that you set but you need to make sure you're setting yourself the right goals more tangibly in the context of business and career, and you may have come across this Venn diagram, it's sometimes called Ikigai, which is this Japanese concept of uh, the reason for jumping out of bed in the morning, you know, the reason for living, the raison d'être, as the French say. And it's these four circles, which is the um, the work that you really love doing, that you're really great at, that makes a difference in the world, and that brings you money. And for me, that's a bit more prosaic, but it's a super concrete framework that helps to take this big, oh, what's my purpose down into, wow, if I'm doing work that I love doing, that I'm good at, that makes a difference, and that brings in an income, that for me feels pretty successful, right? That ticks a lot of the boxes.
0: I've often imagined a world of everyone living out their purpose and talk about euphoria. Talk about uh, this heaven on earth, right? Because most people are living someone else's purpose, right? When you talk about getting out of that nine to five, you know, I, I jetted myself, right? I, I got out of that myself. But I it was because I realized that I was turning in my purpose for the purpose of someone else. And when you come to that realization, it's very sobering. Sometimes it's it's very sad (laughs) when you think about, wow, all the time that I've invested in someone else's dream, and I've set aside my own for the sake of success. And it's amazing how you break that down. Thank you for that. And talking about those things that we think are success, and usually around the professional setting the professional goals, attaining of this ladder, over this ladder, and this situation, and that position. And success is usually looked at from that angle, but what are other different areas that we can achieve success and still feel like we've accomplished something?
1: Well, that's so important. And exactly as you say, I think we've never asked ourselves these questions. I've interviewed so many people, and and they say, well, I I was living the definition, as you said, of my parents or of society, or we just kind of blindly stumble along. I just did what I was supposed to do based on my upbringing and my parents and whatever, my schooling, good school, good university, good job. You just kind of do it. And funnily enough, I was interviewed by a journalist a few weeks ago about a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I suddenly realized there's that moment when I think and it happens at different times. I don't know but you know, I turned 40 just a few months ago. So I'm feeling it. I'm seeing the wrinkles and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'm getting to that point. But I think you wake up and suddenly you're like, hang on a second. I've been sold this generally, the corporate dream, the American dream of I'm going to work really, really hard and it's all going to be worth it. And probably I'm going to marry and have two children and all the other typical things we're supposed to do. And then you think, okay, I'm getting these promotions. I'm here. But actually, now what? (laughs) Is this it? Is this what I've worked for all my life? And so, as you said, especially, I think if we tie our whole identity and our whole purpose to our work, unfortunately, as we're seeing now with the economic climate, with, with you know, unexpected but probably inevitable things that happen, we might face redundancy. We might uh, have an illness that means we can't work. We might burn out. We might choose to leave. And then if our whole life, our whole identity, our whole purpose has been built on this professional success, what then? So part of the work I've done is... is broadening the definition of success beyond work so of course work is important we spend a lot of time there and it brings meaning and fulfillment not to mention an income that allows us to do everything else but I use what I call the five L's model and I love a bit of alliteration from my English literature school so it's live love learn lead laugh so it's live is your health and your well-being so thankfully there's a lot more focus now on taking care of your physical mental emotional, spiritual, even health. That's a foundation for everything. If I have a migraine, if I'm super ill, whatever it is, then I can't. Take care of the kids. I can't work and a living, so none of that matters. So your health and well being. The second one is love, relationships and belonging. So there's an element of romance and so on. And of course, your your relationship with your partner is really important. If you have a partner, and with your children, with your parents, with your family, but also your broader community. I think we're you know you mentioned being distracted on our phones. We're we're very connected, but also very lonely. And especially after the last couple of years, so. Feeling part of a community, part of that peer group is really important. So live, love, learn. For me, one value is lifelong learning. And I'm sure you share that as many of your listeners do. So, you know, challenging myself, getting out of my comfort zone. What am I doing to get to that next level and not to stagnate? Live, love, learn, lead is the career side. But career in terms of what we said, meaning, purpose, making a difference, not just The career ladder and the final L is a bit tricky. It's laugh. So it's fun, it's spontaneity. But what's the point of all this if we're not enjoying ourselves? It's the hardest one. And you know, as a mother of young kids, it's the one that easily gets deprioritized. I'm quite good now at going for my runs and going to the gym. I'm doing a course. I'm doing all the others, but the fun is the one that unfortunately, you know, tends to um get a little bit deprioritized. So that's really important. But to me, it sounds odd to say that success is having fun, but there's an element of that balance of of learning things, of achieving goals in my professional life, but also in my personal life, of nurturing relationships with my family and so on. Right. So it's a lot more subtle, a lot more maybe yeah, simple, but but really meaningful to me. So I'd really encourage your listeners to consider success in a non-traditional way, I suppose, that that what does it mean to you? And it might mean something different to you. You might have other areas. But for me, that 5Ls model helps to prompt people to remind you that it's not just work. And even within work, it's not just, as we said, that corporate care path. There are so many options open us to work more flexibly and part-time and multiple jobs and all sorts of things now, right? So I think that's really exciting as well.
0: That's a wonderful model to apply to your definition of success. I love the laugh piece because I often do it with myself. You have to apply a little grace to yourself to be able to say, you know, not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to come out as I thought. And sometimes part of the laugh is enjoying the way, even when it's not as nice. And once you apply that element of of laughter, enjoyment, you see that things are not as serious at times as we make them out to be. And a good thing to apply to any part of business or life, which is grace, because challenges will come, whether you think you're at the top of your success ladder or whether you think you're just starting. A challenge will come to hinder or maybe just increase the fire to make you better. But how can I prepare for those challenges that success will bring to me?
1: I love that. And I I love recognizing that there will be challenges because I think sometimes we think, oh, if only, you know, and you mentioned my book. I published that finally in December. And you think, oh. I'm going to have my book and then I'm going to be rich and famous (laughs) and nothing really changes from one day to the next. And, you know, you, you realize, hang on a second, it's not quite the, the um, thing that you thought it was. So you work towards this goal. And actually also it's the journey. I know it's a cliche, but it is the journey, not the destination, having the goal. It's about the process of getting there. Once you get there, probably there'll be another one, but in terms of, in terms of preparing, I think a couple of things, one is of course, working on your mindset. And we talk a lot about imposter syndrome and I've written a lot in the past about how you overcome imposter syndrome, but I'm realizing more and more, you'll never overcome imposter syndrome because you're constantly raising the bar. If you're doing exciting things that are pushing you and helping you grow, you're always going to be in a slightly uncomfortable position. And I begin to realize that even the most incredible leaders in their space and so on, have doubts too so you know it's an inevitable piece of it but we need to work on that mindset understanding being confident in ourselves but also understanding that we're going to be a little bit uncomfortable so I think mindset's really important and having that growth mindset of course that Carol Dweck talks about that it's not just oh it's too difficult I can't do it but you know I don't know how to do it yet but I can learn I can find a way I can get help the second piece is that get it getting help Because we feel, and I'm quite independent, so I don't like to ask for help and maybe we think it's a sign of weakness, but I think sometimes we need that accountability, we need people to believe in us to cheer us on, we need that community I talked about, we need to have friends who just help us, as you say, laugh at ourselves and disconnect and don't care about podcasting or whatever it is we're doing, they just want to go and have a drink or whatever. And then also we may need some expert guidance sometimes. We might need a mentor or a coach or something. And the final piece, again, maybe a cliche, but self-care. You know, we talked about being ill and so on. But again, I, I know it's so important to me now. Sleep, unfortunately, is a little bit out of my control with the little ones. Last night was a pretty awful night with everybody in our bed and screaming. It was an unusual one. But, you know, the unexpected happens. But generally, you know, drinking water, eating well, exercising, fresh air, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Finding ways to take care of ourselves, I think, is the way we're going to be more resilient when the inevitable ups and downs come. Because I found that the ups and downs are less extreme now after this many years, but they're still there. There are always disappointments. Things don't sell as well as you'd hoped or people don't turn up to your workshop or, you know, you don't get the proposal or whatever the client says they've gone with someone else. And I think you just you need to know that that's going to happen and be physically and mentally equipped to, to be in the long haul and, and stay focused on that purpose and, and success that you have in the future.
0: Refining comes through a lot of ways and our success is aided by different forms of things that we can implement and grab onto. I'm a big proponent of education and trying to enrich yourself, read books like the one you wrote and get a different perspective. And that's the whole plan on this podcast is to bring in a worldwide perspective on leadership. But what impacts do education and whatever varied form they may be have on success? And how could that make us better?
1: I think that's the key point, the varied form, because if we think education, we tend to think the traditional Forms And certainly my experience, which, yes, is quite a long time ago, but I get the sense that it hasn't changed that much, is this kind of linear, again, uh, you know, we're we're working towards the grades, I call it good girl syndrome, I'm always looking for external validation, someone to tell me, well done, Anna, gold star, you've got the right answer. Um, And the truth is, there is no right answer in the real world. So, again, actually, I think in terms of the growth mindset, my traditional education teaches me a fixed mindset. In my case, luckily, I was good at a lot of subjects. I graduated. Um, I went to an American school actually. The last two years, so I graduated valedictorian, top of my year. I was even voted uh, most likely to succeed in the yearbook, which now I find fascinating. I want to go back to my peers and say, "What? What do you mean by that? What did you expect?" They probably, I imagine, assumed that yes, I'm, I get good grades at school, therefore I'm going to have a good job and make lots of money, and that was the way they thought. And that's you know an interesting perspective looking at it what's exciting is as you said there are so many ways to learn now so i've just signed up you know there are, there are all these um free or or low cost and certainly easy access platforms where you can study i signed up to a course um i think from a university in new zealand on organizational psychology um during lockdown i did positive psychology i can listen to podcasts i can read books i don't have to do a master's degree that's going to cost me another 15,000 pounds or um, have someone actually teach me the formal qualification. Of course, those things can give you confidence and frameworks and credibility. But in terms of learning, there are so many ways you're learning every day, talking to people, again, reading, listening and so on. And so I think I'd encourage people to move a little bit away from that formal training and think, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the degree or the qualification, of course, there are certain areas where you need to, it's a regulated industry. So you need to have a particular qualification, but generally you can start now and then you can always, you know, learn other things. There's always opportunity to learn more, but I do think unfortunately the traditional school system doesn't set us up for this broader success. And I would love to see things about financial education, you know, mental resilience and, you know, all these topics that we just are more about a critical thinking approach rather than learning things. We've seen now, of course, with chat GPT and all these AI things coming, you no longer, you know, they used to say at school, oh, you're not going to have a dictionary in front of you. But actually, we all now have Google. Um, you know, I watched a TV show in the UK where they had to find some different shops with a map and the, the guys were like, oh, maps are a bit before my time which made me feel very old because suddenly they didn't know how to read a map because I guess they just put it into Google like an Uber driver and they don't need to know what London looks like anymore. You just follow the path, which is quite scary. So in a way, it's no longer knowledge and facts and things we need. It's the way, the discerning ability to separate fake news to assess whether a source is valid or not, to make up our own minds and so on, to ask questions, to explore, to assess, which is a very different skill set to just reading a textbook and learning the correct answers. And again, there is no right answer in the world. We're all kind of just fumbling through the dark. So I think a lot more softer skills, interpersonal skills, uh, you know, being more comfortable with uncertainty, ambiguity all these things are going to become much more important than the traditional hard skills that we learn at school and so on.
0: Yes, there's so much at our fingertips at any given time. And I was sitting in this same this same studio taking a course from Harvard. And I'm not going to Boston anytime. And Lord forbid, since I'm from New York. But, <laughs> you know, a little rivalry they got there. You know, the variety of ways to get to a place, especially in the terms of success, is great. But you have to figure out which one is best for you. Now, there are a lot of things that come up in that pursuit that will pose themselves as traps. And a lot of people get caught up in those traps. So what can leaders do to avoid the traps Of the pursuit of success.
1: Well, tell me more. What would you say are some of the traps of of the pursuit of success in your experience?
0: Well, you mentioned the the whole feeling not part of, right? The imposter syndrome. That's a trap. It's a trap to get you to think that you don't belong. When all of your efforts, (laughs) this happened to me, uh, Anna, they happened to me this week. All I've done is try to enrich the world with more knowledge of leadership from a big scheme, a, a worldwide perspective, and then I get named on a list of 200 top leadership per people of, of the world, it, and I'm looking at the names: Marshall Goldsmith, John Maxwell, Simon Sinek, Gary V, and I'm going down the list, and there. It's my name and I'm like, what? <laughs> how did that happen with this group of people? And it's funny how this whole thing it's all I've been working for. And now it's in front of me and now I'm faced with this dilemma of do I belong? And it's it's a trap. It's a trap to get me to get sidetracked, get me to slow down, get me to give up a little, you know, because I don't think that I belong. So that's one example for me.
1: Well, first of all, a massive congratulations. That is absolutely incredible. My goodness. Yeah. To see your name alongside those people clearly very well deserved. But as you say, we have that. I think we have the duality and I sense the same. Of course, we wouldn't have that as a goal if we didn't believe we were capable. Everyone I coach knows deep down that they're passionate about this thing. They know they can do it. That's why they're doing it. And yet... There's always that voice. Oh, my goodness, I'm not good enough. And and I need to do another course. And maybe once I've written this book, then then I'll be allowed to be. And, you know, and they probably got it wrong and they're going to find me out. And I can't possibly charge that much and all these questions. So I think, again, recognizing that it's never going to completely go away. I think the things we talked about, of course, making sure that the this goal that you're working towards is meaningful to you, because that's the the worst thing is if you've put all that hard work into something, <clears throat> the classic, oversimplified examples is somebody you know working towards the the promotion and so on at work ultimately they end up divorced you know obese and have a heart attack and they get fired you know it's a very sad story but but not so far from the truth in some cases and you know you really need to ask yourself and I think a big part of it is reflecting on what is important to you so of course there are exercises you know I mentioned that Venn diagram of your purpose reflecting on your values I think is really important um you know whether you're you're religious or not just thinking of what's important to you and letting that be a bit of a guide so that you're making the right decisions for you and and again sort of connecting with your intuition I think it's a scary thing for me being kind of a rational academic person I want to have the pros and cons and so on but you have a very strong sense whenever I regret something like taking on a client or something if I think back I know hang on a second, I sense that wasn't quite right. And, you know, you've kind of gone against it. So I think first of all, being super clear on what it is that's important to you and reflecting. And then again, surrounding yourself with those people who cheer you on and so on. If I, you know, take the example, I want to quit my job and start a business. If I'm surrounded by people who are in that job, who have a mortgage and family and kids and as we call in the UK, private school, you know, lots of outgoings, They're going to project their fears onto me and say, oh, oh my God, that's such a scary thing to do. You can't do that. And um, what a big risk. You, You should be grateful you have this job. You can't possibly, et cetera. If you start listening to podcasts, if you start reading books, if you start going into communities of people who are already who have done that, and let's be honest, that's why I started my interview series myself. I wanted to be reassured by talking to other people who made these changes. suddenly you surround yourself with people who are out there doing it. If I want to be an author, I can sit at home going, "Oh, I wish I was an author or I can go and do writing courses and listen to a podcast about how to publish my book and make it better. Suddenly, I'm surrounded by people doing it so the question is not if I can do it but how I'm going to do it and when so I think it's, you know, clear vision and then having the support network around you to when you have those inevitable doubts, go, Enrique, you totally deserve to be on that list. These are the reasons why, look at what you've done. And also by the way, to celebrate it, Because if I know you and if I know myself, we're going to right away jump to the next thing. Well, now I want to be in the top 10 list of leaders. I'm going to meet Marshall, beat Marshall Goldsmith. I'm going to publish my next book. I'm going to now get to the bestseller. You know, we're constantly raising the bar. And I think we forget how far we've come as well. My goodness, if you could tell yourself, you know, one year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, where you'd be now. It would be incredible, right? And yet we still, I'm looking around, oh, I should be further along. I should be, I should, 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 should is a dangerous, poisonous word, I think. So connecting with what's important to you, surrounding yourself with people supporting you, I think is a good place to start.
0: Absolutely. The the trap of should, <laughs> that's how we'll cap- encapsulate that little segment of question, because it, it is. And it's so nice to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for those out there listening uh, to the show or watching on a video, don't fall for the traps and celebrate, celebrate. Right. And, and I did somewhat, but I didn't do it as much. I'm going to do that today. So thanks, what are you going to do?
1: Tell us, share us, share with us for accountability. What are you going to do to celebrate?
0: Well, I'm going to take my sons out and get some ice cream or something to help them understand that hard work pays off, but you must celebrate. So. I love My that form message. of celebrating is just teaching my sons that, uh, that they should do it themselves. <laughs>
1: nice, role modeling to them. It's something I think, unfortunately, yeah, we don't share with our children so much. I think that's really important if we're to have another generation who makes different mistakes than we do. I'm sure they'll make other mistakes, but at least they shouldn't make the same mistakes that we do.
0: That's for certain. Now, Anna, I could sit here the whole day and talk to you because I really am a fan of your work. But if someone wanted to get a hold of you for your coaching, for your seminars, for your webinars, and all the things that you do to get your book, we make sure to highlight that as part of the show. How would they do that?
1: Oh, thank you. Well, as a podcast listener, I guess the best place to go is the Reimagining Success podcast. So if you search Reimagining Success on your favorite podcast app, that's the best place. It's released weekly. I have a monthly interview where I do talk to people who have made a big shift in their career and life. And and we have these amazing conversations. This is really my favorite thing about what I do, getting to speak to people like you who I would never have met Otherwise, I do have, I don't know if I can hold it up now because of the blurry. This is the book you're talking to, which is my new book. Um, I published my first book in 2018. So it's taken me a while to get this one out, but I'm really proud of it. Um, Outside of the 9 to 5, which is available on Amazon. And uh, uh, One Step Outside is my brand. So it's based on that concept. Everything you've ever wanted is one step outside your comfort zone. So one step outside.com has everything you need. But the Reimagining Success podcast, that's my big message. As you can hear, that's my passion to get you to question what success means what is the aim or purpose in your life and are you walking working towards it are you moving closer towards it and are you celebrating when you get there as well an important reminder
0: amazing we will have that as part of the show notes and video so you can get a hold of Anna and her work Anna thank you so much for being with me today to share this success episode we're so happy that you were able to join us Folks, today's episode is sponsored by Triad Leadership Solutions and SuperPass, which are powering our website and app. Southern Sweet and Sassy Coffee and Harchester London. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something interesting about the topic covered today, make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment right now. We're always looking for new ideas and guests that can add to our show. So if you know someone or have a topic that you would like covered or featured, let us know by leaving us an email at triadleadershipsolutions@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle. And as we like to end the show, success to you.